Happy Christmas Eve. And you would say, Merry Christmas. Or Happy Christmas Eve, whichever. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time in a very busy schedule to come to a very special time on this Christmas Eve. And we think back uh, some 2,000 years ago in an event that took place that uh, changed the world. And yet, it changed our world. But it had always been in the mind of our Creator that His Son would come. His Son would provide salvation. So it was no surprise to Him. So when we gather together, we come to worship the Creator who knows everything, who is over all things, who spoke everything into existence when nothing existed. And He loved you and He loved me enough for the first Advent to come. And tonight, in a candlelight fashion, we celebrate that. I just want to remind you before I pray and we move on into our service. If you don't have a candle, make sure that you go to one of the, I think it's uh, either of these two doors, there are plenty of candles. And when you have your candle and when they are being lit, I would encourage you that the one who has the lit candle, keep it straight. And the one who does not have the lit candle, you turn it and light it that way. Therefore, uh, we don't have wax everywhere. So we would appreciate that very much. Well, <clears throat> join me if you would in a time of prayer, a time of reflection, and a time of celebration. Father, thank you so much for the time that you've given us tonight. Every time we gather together as uh, the family of faith, it is a wonderful time. And over these last four weeks, as we have spoken of hope and joy, we've spoken of love, and Father, we've spoken of peace. And these four pillars, the banners behind me, are not just words. Father, you created these emotions and feelings and experiences. And I pray that tonight we will focus on the light, the light of Christ. Before the creation, you knew it. Throughout the Old Testament days, people were looking forward to his coming. And there, on that starry, dark at night in Bethlehem so many years ago, your planned redemption brought about an entrance of the Messiah. And tonight, we celebrate the light coming into a darkened world. And so give us understanding Help us to hear, and Father, as an invitation and a response to you in worship, help us to respond. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. On this Christmas Eve, we celebrate the end of Advent and the arrival of the Promised One.
the one of whom the prophet spoke, Emmanuel, God with us, became flesh and blood in the form of the baby born in Bethlehem. That birth marked the transition from prophecy to fulfillment. The gospel writer proclaimed, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Tonight, we light this final candle as a reminder that Christ has come and that he continues with us today. Into a dark and needy world he came, bringing light and life. John said of him, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus later in his own ministry said of himself, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What better imagery could we have to convey the significance of Christ's coming than that of light? Light reveals. Light dispels darkness. Light serves as a guide. And this light provides life. Life that is full, abundant, and eternal. As Jesus said of himself, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. As Al and Wilma Jackson come to light the Christ candle on this Christmas Eve, let us, with the angels and with the shepherds, give glory to God and thank him for his unspeakable gift. We have received the light that brings life. Now let us share it with all those we meet along life's journey. Would you stand as we sing together, good Christian men, rejoice, and remain standing as we sing angels we have heard on high.
This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she's found to be a greater child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to, to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will, will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us.
been some powerful music tonight, hasn't there? Every single song, from the congregational songs to the specials, have had a deep meaning. We like the Christ light. The focus tonight is on the Christ child. But we always keep in mind that we really can't focus just on that one night. We have to go back into the eons of time. Before creation and as creation came about, that God created the entire universe and created man and woman and all of their generations that would come to have fellowship, to enjoy, to connect, to spend time together. Darkness roamed the earth during the beginning stages of creation. And then God said in Genesis 1-3, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light, morning and night, light from darkness. Yes, God said that it was good. You know, light has always been a recognition of good and darkness of evil. In fact, the Hebrew people believed this. They wrote about it. One of their writings was entitled, The Wars Between the Light and the Darkness. We see it in our own culture. In so many movies, it's always the light and the darkness. The right side and the evil side. It is this constant. The prophet Isaiah wrote in the 8th century BC, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The prophet is writing some 800 years before the birth of Christ, before God's light would come, the Messiah, the one who is the deliverer. The nation of Israel had gone through so many difficulties. They'd gone through despair. They'd gone through wars and invasions. They'd just gone through darkness through the course of the centuries. But here, the prophet gave them hope. Hope. Hope is so critical. To, to move forward, we have to have hope that there's something better beyond. And that's exactly what God gave the prophets to write. Because God had prepared, he had planned for, and he had in process that hope. You see, a light was coming, and that light was the Messiah. In fact, if you move to the New Testament, the disciple Matthew said, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah 800 years prior, land of Zebulun and land of Natali, the way of the sea 
along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land, the shadow of death, a light has dawned. There is nothing like being up early in the morning and seeing the sun come up. The brilliance in the sky. Well, as we look at God's plan for humanity and the broad picture of everything that he had put in place, Christ coming was the light, the hope coming to the peoples of the world who were in darkness. John, the beloved disciple, wrote about the coming of the light in this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become, listen, children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. That is such a powerful statement. And tomorrow morning, when we have our Christmas Day service at 1030, we're going to talk about that particular aspect in this Christmas season. But now the hope of the world, the light and salvation of the world has come to all who would receive him. Friends, the light of the world is Jesus. And I wonder if you might join with all of us and sing that special song.
you probably catch the theme of that song, don't you? <laughs> the light of the world is Jesus. But he doesn't come to light the physical world. He comes to light our soul. Because mankind has chosen to disobey him, to break that fellowship that he so yearned for when he created the universe and created man and woman. That fellowship broken. The separation. It broke his heart. And for us, eternally separated, except for God's plan of salvation, which is the light. And so he comes to bring the light to each one of us. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. So, the light that so many of us have in our lives. When we ask Jesus, the Messiah, the one who died for our sins, was buried and raised again. When we have asked him into our lives, it is revolutionary. He changed us. We became his children. And so those of us who have the light of Christ shining in our hearts are commanded to be the light wherever we go. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Rather, expose them. And so the command to us who have taken the light of this season, the light of Christ into our lives, it's not to sit on the sidelines and be spectators in life. It's to be engaged and involved, to let the light shine with goodness, with righteousness, and with truth. He says, find out what pleases God and do it. And what pleases God is obedience, faithfulness. I wonder if you might bow with me for this moment, a time of prayer, maybe allowing God not only to have spoken to you and you have heard it, but as an act of worship, respond quietly. In the time that we're praying, let God speak to you and you make that decision on your own. What is it that pleases God in your life? What does he want you to do to be that light? Father, we pray that tonight, as we focus our attention upon the light, Christ. That God, I, our prayer is that you would help us to hear and to respond, to be engaged, 
And Father, to know what pleases you. We know our fellowship with you should be light that exposes darkness, light that encourages and helps. And God, I pray that in the quietness of this moment, that our decision would be yes. That we don't go through a ritual or a tradition of Christmas Eve, but that we make a decision as we look forward to this season and next year that God, you would empower us to be the light to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If we could have the lights off, please. One of the things that we think about when we think about a candlelight service is what is it that that symbolizes best what we're to share and, and who we're to engage with. And it's still light outside. But you know what? There's more light to be had. And I would ask you, as we light our candles, there will be people that will light each section, and we want you just to pass that on. And I want you to take a moment, if you would, and just look at how the light continues to grow because the darkness cannot stay where the light is and we need to be the light and the light that changes the world is the Christ candle Oh, cool.
look around you. Lift your candle high. Isn't that special? The scripture tells us, keep them up. In John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And when you receive Christ into your life, that's exactly what's happened. Now, look around again. And now I want you to blow your candle out. It's dark, isn't it? Lift your candle high. It doesn't matter, does it? You see, when people don't have the light, it is darkness and cold. No matter the qualities of the person and how good they are, it's Christ that is the light. And he lightens our lives through the power of his son, Jesus Christ, through the power of his spirit. And we, we are to live out the light and to share it like you did this evening, one to another. And we're to share the light to those in darkness so that they too might have the light. That's what the Lord wants. It is so critical for us because it doesn't take long for darkness to come into a place or a world. I remember my mom told me as a kid, said, you know, we're just one generation away from people not believing in Christ. And I thought to myself, nah, that'll never happen. And yet, I read things every day in all the different news resources that I have of people that don't want anything to do. In fact, aggressively striving to eliminate our dearly beloved faith in Christ and the things that we do. But let me tell you this. There was a small band of disciples and Jesus left the gospel message to them. Because when he ascended, that's who he gave the commission to. And through them, the commission has come to us to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and spread the light and live it out. Let's pray together. And as we get ready to pray, I'm going to ask Bill Sweeney to come. At the conclusion of his prayer, the lights will come on. And I have one more challenge for you. 
And then we're going to sing a grace song. And then we're going to go to spread the light. May we pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the picture that we have seen tonight portrayed with one simple candle multiplied throughout our sanctuary as we understand the significance of you bringing light to us and to our world. We thank you for this time of the year, Lord, that we can pause from our busy schedules and thank you for sending the greatest gift of all, your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that the one word that continues throughout our, our, our Christmas season is the word Emmanuel. And, O oh Lord, may it be so that you might indeed remain and, and be that God to us for Emmanuel being God with us. Thank you, Lord, for this, this evening. Help us as we go our separate ways that we might remember what we've experienced here, that indeed the light of the world is Jesus. In whose name we ask it. Amen. Well, what a powerful time. A great challenge. And I would like that ask you, as we get ready to leave this place, that we take that light with us. Because I believe with all of my heart that 2023 is going to be a great challenge. I believe more so than even the last uh, two years, two and a half years have been. And the world needs the hope and the light. We have it. And let's share it and be engaged. So let's join with the, uh, the heavenly chorus of angels that, that beautiful night in Bethlehem. And let's stand and let's sing at the top of our lungs, even if you're not on tune, joy to the world.